It's Monday, March 16th. Thank you for rejoining us for another week of our Lent Journey podcast. My name is Gina, and I'll be sharing the scripture reading, reflection, and prayer time with you today. Today's scripture is from the Old Testament book of 2 Kings, chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. I'm reading from the message version today. Naaman was general of the army under the king of Aram. He was important to his master, who held him in the highest esteem, because it was by him that God had given victory to Aram. He was a truly great man, but he was afflicted with a grievous skin disease. It so happened that Aram, on one of its raiding expeditions against Israel, captured a young girl who became a maid to Naaman's wife. One day, she said to her mistress, If only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria, he would be healed of his skin disease. Naaman went straight to the king and reported what the girl from Israel had said. Well then, go, said the king of Aram, and I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So he went off, taking with him about 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothes. Naaman delivered the letter to the king of Israel. The letter read, When you get this letter, you'll know that I've personally sent my servant Naaman to you. Heal him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was terribly upset, ripping his robe to pieces. He said, Am I a god with the power to bring life or death, that I get orders to heal this man from his disease? What's going on here? That king's trying to pick a fight with me, that's what. Elisha, the man of God, heard what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he'd ripped his robe to shreds. He sent word to the king, Why are you so upset, ripping your robe like this? Send him to me, so he'll learn that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman, with his horses and chariots, arrived in style and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed and you'll be as good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heel, saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me, call on the name of God, wave his hand over the diseased spot and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers, Abana and Farpar, are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. He stomped off, mad as a hornet. But his servants caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple wash and be clean? So he did it. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan seven times, following the orders of the holy man. And his skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was as good as new. He then went back to the holy man, he and his entourage, stood before him and said, I now know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is no God anywhere on earth other than the God of Israel. When I was a child, my mother slipped on a wet floor and tore a ligament in her knee. After she had surgery to repair the ligament, she had to do physical therapy. She said it was incredibly painful, 
But although the doctor had done his job well in repairing the ligament, it would not heal with the kind of elasticity and flexibility she had previously had unless she exercised it several times a week with a trained professional. She faithfully performed the sometimes agonizing physical therapy, and her full motion was restored. I knew someone else who had a similar surgery. She refused to do the physical therapy afterward, and for the rest of her life, she could not move independently without the aid of a walker, and later she was confined to a wheelchair. In the same way, when God initiates and leads a work in us, our job is to fully cooperate with what he's doing. We don't get to passively sit there while God does everything. He expects us to participate in some way. It doesn't mean that we are responsible for our own healing or miracles, but it does mean that we submit to his instructions and follow them the same way we would if a doctor was treating us and asked us to do certain things on our own at home to maintain or improve what he has done for us. God is often called the great physician. This isn't just a metaphor. The Bible is full of stories of miraculous physical healings. What's interesting is that it seems the healings often occurred in vastly different ways. A beloved story in Mark 5 describes a woman who bled for 12 years and whose bleeding stopped instantaneously when she merely grabbed hold of the hem of Jesus' clothes. In another instance from Matthew 8, Jesus did touch a leper, and his healing was more powerful than the contagious skin disease. In John 9, Jesus mixed some of his own saliva into some mud and spread it on a blind man's eyes to restore his sight. In one of the Bible's more whimsical healing instructions in Isaiah 38, the prophet Isaiah instructed that a cake made of figs should be applied to Hezekiah's deadly boil to heal it. If only we could stick a piece of cake on our cuts and bruises to heal them. Most of the stories indicate that God is willing and even longs to heal. And yet, he does it in his way and in his time. Does this mean that if we pray for healing and we don't receive it, that we didn't ask with enough faith, or that we've done something wrong and are being punished? This story does not resolve these questions. We must set those aside for another day. What we do see here is that God, in his holy and sovereign love, decides how he will work in our lives. Naaman, a man with great power and status, had envisioned a magical ceremony where the equally great and powerful prophet Elijah stood before him and performed an impressive religious ritual. When he was given the humiliating instructions, through a lowly servant, no less, as if the prophet was too busy to bother, to go dunk himself in a muddy foreign river, Naaman was offended. He also didn't believe it would work. How could such a simple and mortifying instruction heal him when his status or money could not buy healing? There were three things God was doing in Naaman's life through this episode. God was humbling a proud and powerful man. God was teaching Naaman that God alone decides how he will work and that it was Naaman's role to participate with him. And God was teaching him that God is God. There is no power in heaven and earth greater or more loving than our God. Because Naaman cooperated, he was physically healed. But more importantly, he grew in humility 
and he praised and worshiped the only true God from that time forward. God has gifted us with free will. That means we can choose to cooperate with his work in us or we can refuse it. God's grace first awakens our spirits to the fact that we need him. He initiates this part of the work, but he does not force his treatments or surgeries on us if we refuse to participate and do our own part, which he also gives us the grace to do. The Church of the Nazarene describes this process in Article of Faith 10.1. We believe that the grace of entire sanctification includes the divine impulse to grow in grace as a Christ-like disciple. However, this impulse must be consciously nurtured and careful attention given to the requisites and processes of spiritual development and improvement in Christ-likeness of character and personality. Without such purposeful endeavor, one's witness may be impaired and the grace itself frustrated and ultimately lost. In short, we hold partial responsibility for our relationship with God. We need to obediently trust Him by doing whatever He asks us, such as avoiding temptation, seeking guidance from a mature believer, and being rooted in the Spirit through Bible reading and prayer. Naaman is a beautiful example to us for how to live in relationship with God through humility, obeying without question God's sometimes enigmatic instructions or leading, and praising and thanking God for what he's doing and what we have faith he will do, even if we don't always understand it. Let's pray. Lord, you are our great physician. You are our wonderful healer, healing our bodies, our minds, our emotions, and our spirits. You do this in the way you believe is best for us and in your perfect and good timing. When you choose not to heal us in the ways and timing we desire, we humbly and obediently submit to you anyway. Because we believe what is written in Romans 8:28 that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Grow our trust in you so that we obey and follow you even when we can't make sense of what you're doing or don't see you working. Grow our humility so that we don't experience the pain of thinking we know better than you or trying to find healing in our own ways without you. But God, we see in the Bible, you're pleased when we ask you for healing. So, please, heal us. Heal those of us who are in physical pain, who are suffering from chronic illnesses, cancer, autoimmune disorders, injuries, and from seasonal viruses. Work through miracles and the prayers of your people, and through doctors and treatments as well. Please heal those of us suffering the anguish of mental illness, for whom scientific understanding and treatments are only moderately helpful or don't help us at all. Please heal us from the lingering torment of past traumas and abuses. Give us victory over these and new life. We ask you to heal us from addictions, whether it's addiction to a substance like alcohol or a drug, or to pornography, sex, gambling, shopping, social media or technology. Heal us from our spiritual diseases, such as pride and arrogance, self-pity, envy, unforgiveness, 
regret and shame, fear and anxiety, self-hatred, racism, bigotry, and prejudice. You are the God of healing. You can do anything and heal anyone. In whatever way you choose to heal us or be close to us in our suffering with your peace and comfort, we choose to witness to what you have done and are doing, to praise you and give you glory. And we also choose to wait on you. We love you. Amen. The additional scripture passages for today are from Luke chapter 4, 23 through 30, and Psalm 42, 1 through 7. The Lent Journey podcast is a production of the Eurasia Region Church of the Nazarene.